Welcome to A Regenerative Future with Matt Powers. I'm your host, Matt Powers, and this is the podcast where we talk about what's possible, what we can do to regenerate our cultures, our environments, and our future. Join us today. This is a very special podcast. I'm sharing with you all a very special masterclass Q&A with my friend, my mentor, my teacher, someone who's just absolutely incredible, Quatamok Via. It's one of the best interviews I've ever been able to be a part of, and I wanted to share this experience with all of you. So you guys are going to get a window into the final week of the Regenerative Entrepreneurs and Experts, which actually, um, in the form that it currently is, it's being sunsetted. It'll be a bonus for signing up for the Advanced Permaculture Student Online always, but uh, I'm going to create something new with a bunch of collaborative friends, and Quadamogvia is one of them. And so I want you to check this out and see what it's all about so that you can forge your own regenerative path. All right, good to be here. Thanks for having me. I know that many people in this, in, in well, almost everyone knows you from APSO in this group. So we're all, we're all very familiar with your work. Love you. <laughs> Thank you. We're just so grateful to have you with us. I remember so clearly the day I was at my booth, it was the Baker Creek Heirloom Expo, and you walked up and always right here, Right here are the Mookie balls, and I keep them with me always. I, I, you gave them to me that day, and you showed so much um, faith in our relationship and friendship from the moment we met, and it, 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 is, it has become, it, I mean, it's this bulwark, and, and everything I do, it's like, it's like your enthusiasm is my enthusiasm. You know, the, the farming methods I do, they're, they're, they're the farming methods you do, and and I just appreciate you so much. Um, you're who I call when I when I want to get some make sense of the world and to, mm-hmm. to get peace. You're who I call when I'm in trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I value your your friendship, your knowledge, and your example. Um, also, as as just a dad, you're a great dad. Um, and, and maybe that doesn't get, you know, said enough in the world today, but great dads are out there and you are one of them. And I, I want to be like you as a father in many ways. And so I just want, I just, I'm so honored to have you with us. Thank you, Matt. Uh, you know, when we met, that's funny. You talk about that story. You know, I was doing cannabis then. And I think our mutual friend, you know, Siobhan is the one who introduced me to you and, I love school gardening so much. I love teaching the kids. And when she had told me what you were doing with the, with the, with the, with the garden program, I just felt like we were brothers right off the bat. I felt like we were doing like parallel stuff. You of course are at such a higher level, but I was able to kind of be able to look at somebody doing it real and and doing it good. So that's where all that excitement came from Matt. when, when I was able to finally meet you, I was, I knew I wanted to be friends with you for the rest of my life because of the work you were doing and the work we can potentially do together. And that just gets me pumped every time, you know, yeah. it's the kid's garden. It's like you said, the father, that's the part that work never really gets shown. And that really is the, the secret to my success is that, that, that fathering part. And not only with my own kids, but 
with the school garden and many of many kids I take on as nephews and nieces and this begins to grow your heart yeah and when you grow your heart you're able to take on much bigger things and be more resilient so yeah so um that's that's what that whole excitement was about is knowing what you're up to knowing the passion you have if I can keep a line that we can then partner together and bring more people into this thing because, you know, back then, it was, it's a small pool. There's not a lot of guys that were doing what you're doing. Like a lot of girls, not a lot of people. So that was just like everything you dream about and couldn't do, you were kind of had a step above. You're always like a step ahead of that. And that's just same way. You, you, motiv you motivate me. I call you when I need motivation and make sense of the world. And there's not a lot of people we can do that with and have that space and trust so many thanks for having me and many thanks for everyone being here. Mm. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a journey. It's been a real journey for you. And I think many people who are listening are about to start their journey or are in the crisis part of their journey. And they're wondering what it is like, like how they're going to get through this what it's going to be like on the other side. And maybe you can share a little bit of your journey about how, you know, unexpected things happened and you, you arrived to this um, as, you know, evolution, as an adaptation, as a growth. Absolutely. I was, an, I was an electrician before I got into this and I got injured at work. And it's my right hand, so I'm right hand dominant, with lots of skin grafts. I couldn't go back to the, work I was doing before, um, let alone any of the skill sets I had before. I'm a very physical person, um, athlete my whole life. So I always relied on my physical ability to kind of be a part of my skill set. So when I couldn't go back to work physically, I, I started to think about what I was going to do next. I couldn't use my hand the way I wanted to. Um, going through a lot of medical procedures and traditional Western medicine in order to alleviate the burns from the, from the electrical uh, injury I had caused a lot of pain in my life. And I wanted to be a good dad, as you, as you mentioned, that's really my main goal in life is to be there for my children and be there for the children and all children now, but my children for sure at that stage was a, you know, a very important part. So making that path in, in, and that jump, I had to turn to plants. I, I couldn't take the Western medicine anymore. The pills were making me more sick than my injury. And I then had now a compound thing happen. And Jimmy, I, I had the medication was making me sick. And my injury, I couldn't get a handle on the pain. So really down in the dumb. So I, I started to study plants and, and plant medicine. I, wanted, I, I knew that being indigenous, that there's certain plants that can help. So as I started to study plants, I um, received funding to, to study herbal medicine. And as I studied more about herbs, I realized that the quality of the herbs is not the same. It, it depends how you grow it. It depends where it's grown, wildcrafted or organic. And I knew the compounds I needed needed to come from being developed from the soil first. So that kind of opened up a, a whole doorway for me, even though I was looking at herbal medicine. The excitement and the untapped knowledge of the soil was radiating with me continually. 
And that's, that's really where I, where I found that my joy was coming from, was learning about the soil because I was then able to grow a plant that was effective on treating, my, treating me so then I can then be a better person to my family and to my community. If I didn't take care of myself, there's no way to do anything else. So that, that's what it comes down to. How do I best take care of myself? And the soil allowed me to then, not just the plant medicine, but look at all the food we're growing, so nutritional. And when you eat these foods, how good you feel. You know, there was no pill out the doctors ever gave me to make me feel that way. And I started to realize, and there wasn't scientific data at that time to tell me the soil's gonna, you know, we, once you make contact with it, it can potentially release serotonin in the brain. And, and we didn't know all that before, but you went off of a feeling. You know, it became a feeling. And the feeling is really what's guiding you. And you realize like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is it. I need more of this. This is <laughs> healing. Mm-hmm. So that was the direction for me learning regenerative farming was to regenerate myself. I was broken, Matt. I was, I was broken. I wanted to be back in society. I wanted to work again. I wanted to be there for my kids. They were very young at the time. Um, and the soil allowed me to dream that this is possible, you know, and it, it allowed me a pathway to potentially be more effective as a person than I was before. And I noticed when I would talk about soil to my friends at the time, they would say, Via, what's going on? You're lighting up. I, this is there's something's different about you when you when you talk about this. They, nobody understood the, what microbes really were at the time, and but they did understand that there was a fire within me now that they haven't seen in a while, and that's what people like get interested in too. They're kind of like wondering what the heck is lighting this person up. So yeah, he, healing myself allowed me to then make that next step, Matt. Wow. That's really amazing. And I feel, I feel that's exactly what happened for me. It's like I, until I was in the garden for a few years, I, 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 didn't, I couldn't really connect with myself, so I really couldn't connect with the world properly. Mm-hmm. True. So how did you go about making a living? Um, what, what, what were Because for many of us, and especially right now, it's about figuring out this path and like, I, I do, I don't even know how many jobs I do. I don't think that way any longer. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do this to make money now. And then like, I'll create this and oh, I'll come and teach that. And oh, you need help with that. I'll help you build that. And it's, it's this lateral adaptive kind of way of behaving. And, and it comes from that regenerative perspective that like, I can, I am enough, I can do it, you know? And, and it also is partnering with the actual, actual n- natural patterns. What was, what, what got you onto the, the um, what was one of the first things that you, you started making uh, as a livelihood? What got you going? I, I'm, I'm trying to get at, <laughs> maybe I should edit this, but I'm trying to get at how did, you know, learning about EM um, really launch you into a career based partnering with microbes. Okay, so um, I was a medicinal cannabis farmer at the time and our whole circle of friends were all growing medicinal cannabis. And as I started to incorporate the regenerative practices and we start to show each other the different finished flower, there was something different coming out of the regenerative gardening practices. 
as far as the effect on the human body and effect on the mind. There was something different about the length, the duration, the anxieties, something about the way the plant functioned within the body really made everyone begin the puzzle, you know, but think about the puzzle. What are you doing over there? What's happening? And by sharing the results of, of your fruits, not just the cannabis, we start growing crops and kale and all these other vegetables grown under this method. And the morphology of the plants change. Just physically looking at them, they change. The fruit sets change. In our industry, cannabis, this is one of the fields where everybody's super into the soil. Um, that field just seems to really want to dig and learn more about biology, more than a strawberry farmer, more than, you know, a walnut farmer. So people wanting to grow the best, people wanting to create the best medicine for their patients. That's really what, what was starting to drive my own personal self. And it wasn't that I was selling cannabis. It's people started asking me, B, I want some of that, that Bokashi stuff you're making. Could you make me a batch? Or V, uh, that EM, um, here's some money, brew me up five gallons of that. So it, it wasn't that they wanted the fruits, they wanted the components for that. And the components were the Bokashi and the EM, that really was the catalyst that allowed me to, to then trap anything I was throwing away and fermented, all my food waste. And the better I ate, the better the gardens got because the food waste got better. So I started to notice this thing happening and that's, that's really what it was, is people want, wanted me to make them EM. They wanted me to make Bokashi. So serving those orders for them allowed me to then begin to realize, hey, I, I can't get back into the work stream right now. I got all these injuries happening, but on good days, I could, I could whip up Bokashi. On bad days, I could make EM. That doesn't take a lot of work. Yeah. So I started to make sure I had a good supply of that stuff going. And when orders would drop, I, I was ready to, to send it out. And as those fields improved, as they shared with their people the fruits from those labors, then the calls begin to trickle in. Um, when you're doing the good work and you're creating an environment where things can thrive, it's like a flower in a field, right? It's beautiful. Uh, terpenes are coming off of it. It's nectar's just right. Things are going to gravitate to it, and they want to come to it, and they want some of the sweetness. So as you make your life sweeter, you'll begin to see that things are starting to come into it. And you have to respect those that, things that come into it and teach them the most you can, because they're going to go teach someone else, and then they're going to teach someone else, and it comes back to you. So it's all just kind of like a snowball effect. My intention was not to make any money in it at all. My intention was to grow the highest quality medicinal cannabis for sick and dying people while reducing the cost for them. Because everything at that time was hydroponic, all these very expensive nutrients. People growing medicine didn't think they could afford it. They're all on disability. But when they started to realize, hey, I'm throwing away the stuff I need to grow this, grow my own medicine, then you realize this is an empowerment. And the medicine, growing the medicine itself is as healing as taking the medicine. Just like growing the plants, you know, any kind of food. It's the process, the relationships that you begin to nurture, see the patterns that then you can apply to your own life. So definitely that's why it's like, okay, you can grow your own medicine. Here's what we're going to do. And giving them these basic tools, you begin to see them start with a plant. Then they add a strawberry. 
then they, next thing you know, they're growing all kinds of things, you know, and the relationships are, 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 are growing within them. And you're growing the people as much as you're growing the plant. And I think that's really the, the, the important part. And the very exciting part as well, you know, we get excited about plants, but when we see ourselves grow from this and when we see our best friends growing, you're just like, what? We have to, we can't stop this. We got to keep rolling with this thing. This is our time. So yeah, that, that's how that started, Matt. I think you answered the next question about what's your greatest accomplishment um, at seeing growth in yourself and others, true growth. I think that's, that sounds like it's really, but you tell me. <laughs> yes. No, you know what? It's funny because my greatest accomplishment when I think about all, when I, when I think about all the things we've done and all the um, financial doubling of crops we've done for, for some of the companies I work for and, and the terpenes doubling. My greatest accomplishment, Matt, I'm going to tell you is when I was teaching a, a, teaching a class and it was probably our fourth class at a new school. And I had introduced a log drum into the, it, before we started the, the, any class, I, I bring this little log drum and everyone would have a chance to play it and say their name. Well, in the fourth class, we had one child who had autism and he never spoke. I think it was probably about three years since the boy has spoke and he said a word. And Matt, when we were finished that opening and we started playing a game, the boy spoke. The boy spoke and the whole class froze because no one ever hear, heard Gianna Paolo speak. And every single student stopped what we were doing and we we're having a great time to give him a hug because they were so happy that he spoke and he broke rounds. So to me, there's no money for that. His mother's face when she come back and heard the story, the principals, the teachers, we, nobody knew what was happening, Matt. That let me know the power of the garden, Matt. That let me know the power of the kids, Matt. That right there was the most amazing thing I've ever seen take place. And I want to see more of that. I want to see more people who feel like they can't talk. Now I'll give them a chance to talk. Now we need you to talk. Now's the time where being silent is no good. And the garden and community, the garden in partnership, sharing, connecting back to the earth, gives us that voice again. Yeah. You know, the, the collective voice. Yeah. So that, that little thing with Gianna Paolo and that fourth grade class, Matt, I want to keep doing that. I want to do that for the rest of my life. Mm. And if it only happens one more time, I mean, th th that's fine. But we need to outreach with each other. We need voices to come to life right now. Mm -hmm. So Gianna Paolo taught me that connecting true heartedly with good intentions can waken, waken up a voice in a person. Yeah. So that's my greatest, greatest accomplishment with regenerative farming now. I'm just giving a moment here. That's so <laughs> incredible. So with that being said, what would you say your greatest challenge has been? As we grow into new areas and push things forward and we realize what got us here isn't going to get us there. Hmm. 
having to prune the branches to, to keep going and having to continue to follow those instincts that got you here because, you know, sometimes they're the opposite of everything you know. But it's the same voice that got you here. So pursuing that doesn't get any, it's, it doesn't seem like it gets easier to make the steps and, and the maneuvers to pursue what you need to advance what we're trying to do, Matt. But it gets more rewarding as we follow our hearts. And it helps us live. But I know for sure the things I've done to get here, especially with all of the things we have happening today in the world, right? Yeah. You have to be, be able to move like water. Yeah. You have to be able to, to, to get, past, get past things. Um, and I find that even though I feel I have a lot of regenerative things happening, I still need to dissolve down parts of myself to then push forward in a collective way. And you don't realize how many selfish things you hold on to until we're pushed against the wall like we are today. Mm. But it really is like, where do you stand? What have you been standing on? And, you know, we have to, we have to push forward now. And it's hard, Matt. It's really hard. So finding the spaces that allow me to continue to learn, finding those spaces that continue to teach me silently, allowing those spaces to be part of my life like a true friend and calling upon those places um, gives me a lot of strength, Matt. But this is the hardest time of all the work I've ever done uh, moving forward now. It's never been more difficult than it is now, but it's never been more rewarding as well, as I, as I told you before. Um, so, yeah, that's where, you know, we're tired. A lot of people are tired. You know, we get tired. We get tired, tired. Um, but drawing, we have to draw that energy off each other. These conversations just make me feel like I'm in the right place all the time. Um, big work, though, man. Big work. It's going to take everything, everything. A lot of love. Straight love guidance to... To, to push through it's like we're being born or something right like, <laughs> i think about that sometimes like, sure. you know, like i probably felt this way in my mom's womb when things are getting tight and squishy in there and you realize okay you're gonna have to push out of this thing right yeah. that, that's kind of what it feels like this whole thing is like gonna take every bit of energy all my past experiences future dreams and just one push just be born into this thing be born into but it's actually the most beautiful thing that's taken place that has pushed yeah it is it feels it this time is a time of reflection and action and so that that's very difficult. I mean, it's the two hardest, right? The two hardest uh, behaviors. We've been taught to analyze and paralyze. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now we have to do the opposite. Um, we have to look within.
so you kind of you kind of alluded to this already. Um, what's one of your aspirations um, with this work? So currently, even before all this jumped off in COVID and the, the uprising, I joined a group out here in Portland in a beautiful place called Savi Island. Uh, its name is Wapato Island. It's the, the indigenous name. Um, Ninety percent of the people were killed off by disease on this island. And two years ago, I worked out here, and it was such a healing place for me. I, I built some greenhouses for a cannabis farm and started to understand. So we have two major rivers that meet here and then form an island. So those two major rivers have brought in a lot of ecology, and there's a lot of birds, and just it's a sanctuary now. Um, so I'm out here on Savi Island currently right now, and dedicated to what's called BIPOC farmers. Um, that's black, indigenous, people of color farming. Um, it started out in January. I did a biochar workshop for soil and water conservation. A lady asked if I wanted to come to a meeting out on Savi Island. As soon as she said Savi Island, she didn't know my history about loving this place. I was like, I am there. And it turned out to be a, a BIPOC a supported farming project where pieces of land are set aside by landowners so people, can, uh, people of color can get back to learn how to farm and they can feed their communities. Um, good, healthy food is absent in our communities out there. And, and even farming in general, you know, for another person of color to see a person of color farming, it's rare, you know? So being able to, when I start to think of like, all right, I can have a stage here to show other people of color what we can do. What we can do in growing food. And not only that, I know how to grow food pretty cheap. I know this Bokashi biochar thing. So, Interjecting my skill sets with the biochar Bokashi and the Portland community with people of color, indigenous people, that's where my focus is right now. And for years, I've always wanted, I'm from Oakland, California, um, to go back to the Fruitvale district where I'm from and teach this stuff. You know, you always dream, you, you, can, you have to dream these things for them to happen because when they finally line up, you jump right on it because you've been ready already. So as I work cannabis fields, I, I never forget where I come from. I never forget the kids back home who aren't going to know how to grow food, who aren't going to be able to pick food. And to me, those are my people too. Those are my kids. That's my, that's my family over there. So being able to create a space on Savi Island where, let me tell you, most of the farms on Savi, Matt, are you pick. Okay? That means people come here, Matt, to connect. They bring their families. You can pick cherries. You can pick strawberries. There's a, a flower farm. But the point, it's a sanctuary, not just for birds and ecology, but families, families come here, Matt, to pick. Families come here to connect. So if I can get people onto an island with that mindset, like, oh, I, I want to connect with something. Drive past my farm. We got a Bacati workshop coming up. You, know, you could see where it's just like, this is the stage, dude. Uh -huh. This is like a Disneyland for farming where people come to where they want to get their hands dirty. And they want to they want to grow somehow, spiritually, you know, with their own family. So that's like everything we've been doing, right? So that's 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 everything we've been dreaming about is growing in community. So that's what I'm working on right now. I'm at this beautiful farm here. I'll show you right here. This was about an acre and a half. Sister's garden going right there. Potatoes in the back. But all this is done, guys, with wheelbarrows. We don't have no farm equipment. And women, women, most of, I think 90% of our farmers are women here. So we're just like roughing this thing out. 
roughing it out, barely any money. And we're thankful you sent us a bunch of seeds, Matt. Bless your heart. That you know, made me cry that morning. I saw that in the mailbox. But things like that, you know, people giving little by little. We're, we're doing it. And that energy, when we feel tired and like, oh, we got a wheelbarrow, another 15 yards of cow poop. You just look at each other like, yeah, we got another 15 yards. Let's get it up. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, that's what it is. Uh, lots of good energy out here happening in BIPOC community with women at your back, uh, white women at your back, at that, at coming together so strong. We're like one big family out here, no doubt. And we want to bring you guys out here. We want people to come out here and when you're in Portland and be like, dude, these farms, let's go check it out. It, it, it's, it's, you know, that, that's what we're, that's the dream is to be able to have an online presence, but also a physical presence too, where we can become more engaged and learn more things hands-on and, and skill sets being shared by everybody because everybody's got a gift at something. And I like to learn too. So having a place where we can share skill sets and under a regenerative scene, I think this is it, Matt. I think I found home. You know, this is a good place. Oh man, I love it so much. So where should someone start if they want to get going on a path and they don't know really where to go or what to do, but they want to work with, with soil and, 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 and plants and, and do, do the right thing and, and live the, the beautiful life. But, but what would you recommend they start with? Um, practice a lot. You got to start. No, no. If, if you're thinking about the EM and the Bokashi and the biochar, do a lot of little batches and practice getting used to the fermentation, how long it takes, the smells, mixing in different organic matters into the Bokashi. Because once you're comfortable and you have these um, tools and you can, you can make brews according to what the plant and the farm needs, you can really save a lot of time and increase production. But you don't want to learn on, 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 your, on your field. You want to learn nice. You want to be able to do it small so you're comfortable, maybe a few rows or a few plants or pots, and then build your way up. And you'll begin to see like the EM and the Bokashi is basically, you're, you're like a chef. I'm giving you the basic idea, but you can then t- make it any way you want. Like making spaghetti, you can add the things you like in there. Some people like meat, some don't. Some sausage, some not. So these are the parts where it's like do tons of little batches, tons and tons of little batches, and you're successful. And it's really about confidence and also building the ear, building the ear on how much to use this stuff. And because it's once you develop this intuition, like, you know, farming's a lot of intuition. Same thing with, you're growing plants with intuition, but you can also grow soil with intuition. And then you're, you can then bring the components in that's very cheap and resourceful, mostly being thrown out in your community. You can bring in specific um, waste materials, bring them through fermentation, and then deliver the nutrient needs you need for your soil and plants. So doing it small, getting comfortable with fermentations, then allow you to scale up. But you can't like do a few small batches and then try to jump into, you know, several acres and and and, and try to run it through through that way. But man, I'm, there's still always that question like, oh my god, is this right? Is the injector regular? You know how farming is. There's so many variables, but your intuition that you develop during those practices allow you to be confident to be like, all right, settle down. It's happening, and plants are going to be good. 
So you're developing intuition and doing a lot of small batch stuff. And then take care of yourself. Yeah, take care of yourself because it's a tiring road. You know, we talk about how tiring it is, but if you're healthy, if you have good um, exercise practices in place, eating healthy, you're more resilient. And, you know, when, when you have those downtimes, it's less of a downtime when you're resilient and your body's healthy and your mind's healthy. So just like your fields, you take care of your body just like the field. And lots of good stretches and, you know, keep that farm body nice and strong and, or your business mind so that you can make good cognitive decisions. So yeah, yeah, lots of, <laughs> lots of self-care for sure, Matt. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I'm right there too. I, I feel that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good. Nice. So where can we learn more from you? I'm putting a book together. So that would be out. But currently right now, uh, everything's on Instagram. I share everything I'm doing on the farm, I'm also doing conservation work for the city of Portland. Uh, that's being shared on Instagram. I Bokashi for you. Um, all the work I'm doing, I, I try to share with people so that they can learn from it, grab components from it, ask questions, and kind of just see the path. You know, I'm here for cannabis farming, but you're going to look at my page and be like, what, this guy's doing stormwater facility? He's farming. You know, you got to keep a good diverse portfolio when you do these things. So you're not sentenced to one specific field and at the mercy of one, one group. You know, if I was just farming cannabis, those guys are, those guys are bums. Most of them than the management side, you don't want to hang around. I'm telling you, Matt, you don't want to hang around the management side too long. They don't know farming. They don't have, they don't have their hands in the dirt, you know? So it could, it could be very, and if there's so much cash involved, so that whole industry could be tough. I'm telling you straight up, it can be tough. So if you're not resilient, if you're not strong and, you don't have a balance. You can be sucking and discouraging. Some people even farming altogether because of a few jerks. Mm. So being able to, to show like, okay, I'm farming cannabis and I'm growing some of the world's best, but I'm also doing stormwater facilities in the city of Portland. You know, I'm also doing BIPOC farming out on Savi Island. So that way I'm never, yeah, you, you, you get to do all these different things, which is good for the mind, but you also get to, um, have that freedom, that freedom to keep the work fun. You don't ever go to work, you know, if you don't want to do something or it becomes a bad environment, you're able to step out and continue to be profitable because you have these other areas happening that you could just kind of bounce around and, you know, one goes to the other. And if you're successful and you're doing it right, the work continues to come. You know, you get work, but you don't have to be sentenced around energies that aren't motivating to you and then that's that's where the work gets very difficult and um cannabis is is known for that as it comes out of the illegal market you know, this is illegal for so long now coming into a legal scene you're going to have a bunch of people that shouldn't be involved in business or know how to treat people that are still involved in business so um we're that's that's getting weed out and more regenerative practices are, are, are helping with that but you got to be strong you got to diversify your field and uh, and share it, I think, with everybody. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. I think that the, the last part about transparency is a key that a lot of people aren't used to because um, it just either feels like we're showing off or showing too much, we're giving too much away. But that's the name of the game. Transparency is the name of the game. Authenticity only gets recognized when there's transparency. <laughs> Yeah, and then the new recipes I find, Matt, if I hoard something, 
you don't get the next gift. You're not trusted with it. But if I share it, three more recipes come to me that's better than that one, dude, that I could have never dreamed of. So I, feel, I really feel like the more I share, the more I get. The more I give, the more information comes back to me. So that's why I love sharing it all because I want to just keep advancing. I don't want to, this isn't a proprietary secret. This is something, this is our, this is our technology. This is what we need to make a better world. So that's why I share it with everyone. Thank you so, so very much. Let's see if there's any questions here in the chat. You've answered my questions so well at such a greater level than I could have expected. Um, I'm so honored that you joined us today and shared these amazing words and, and thoughts and patterns that can improve our businesses, our lives, and the soil and the plants and the communities and everyone we encounter. Mm, thank you. Thank you for making a space for us, Matt, to learn and to share, man. I know how much energy it takes. Many thanks from the bottom of my heart. And thank you, everyone who participates in trying to take on this, this challenge. Um, the line's always open to any of you for any questions. Uh, we, we are family. So reach out if you have, if you have any, if you need any help with anything. Uh, and I'll do what I can to help you. So keep going, everybody. Keep going, keep going. You're, you're a big inspiration. The more people that come to class and, and learn this thing just makes me so inspired. And I hear how many people are coming. It's just like, what? More, more. It's like the, the team keeps growing and growing and growing. So awesome work. The team is continuously growing. That is for sure. This, this course has over 730 students in it. So there, there will be tons of replays. And I, I think that the world needs to hear uh, what's been said today, too. So I'm going to edit this and, and put it out on the podcast because this is just so incredible and meaningful to me. And I know that it's going to be meaningful and, and incredible to so many people. And I want, all, I want people to be expecting and ready for your book when it comes out because Good. It, I, I know part of the book, you know, parts of the book, I know parts of the stories, and, and I am so excited for it. I want everyone to be so excited for it and ready for it because it's going to be something that everyone's going to want to own and really take into their hearts. Mm, thank Check. you so much. The one question there is, is when, uh, no, there's two questions. What self-talk message do you, do you tell yourself? I just think about the first half of my life, I guess, and where I'm at now. And when I start to get frustrated, I think about some of those lower points. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, no, don't even, don't even go there. This is not that kind of situation. So, um, reflection and being grateful and that can change from you know day to day it's not one specific thing but sometimes there's like these little events of encouragement that happen randomly by people you don't know or just people you do even know that can just like lift you up so i guess i'm always seeking you know there, when those little morsels show up in my life I really like to show appreciation for those things and honor them with good thoughts and good prayers and just imagining what that person's doing right now and hope that they're having a good day because they're sure making my day good. 
So I, those, I guess that kind of encourages me too to kind of be nice to people too, right? Because you don't know if someone's using the same evaluation methods as, as well. So being nice to people, definitely, you don't know what good medicine that can be. But when people are definitely like active kindness for no reason other than just because they're kind, oh man, that can carry me for a long time. Um, good words like that, you know, things the kids say to me, certain looks on their faces or expressions or something. I can just rethink about that again. I'm like, dude, that was straight love. That look was straight love that they just told me. And, you know, th those moments there where there sometimes are not even words for it, right? Sometimes there's not even a word for it. You're just like, all right, that relationship between the lizard and the rock, that is everything. Watching, you know, watching a lizard and rock sit in the sun. There's no words for what's happening between the two, but you just know, like, you two have it going on. This is like, you're in heaven, little lizard. So sometimes there are no words, but there's a feeling. Um, inspirational people for sure are going to be Paul Stamets, you know, anything. If I need to go actually search for stuff, Paul Stamets has some great stuff. You can just see so natural when he talks from the heart and is definitely speaking from the mycelium voice. So I, those are the kind of things sometimes where you think and no words for, but um, some, he can composite them up and, and, and isolate them into meaning. And uh, Terrence McKenna, uh, an old speaker from back in the heyday. He has a very interesting way to, to composite information, especially biological information and patterns that you can actually see what he's saying. And when people are speaking in a way where you can see what they're saying, that is um, very special to me. Now, those birds, we have an osprey nest. See them up there? <laughs> Somebody's asking about the birds. So that's an osprey nest. And uh, that's the little baby. See, there's a mama. She's up there. They're so fun to watch all the time. But that's what the bird sound is over there. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they were asking about uh, the published date for the book. Oh, yeah. Um, don't know yet. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know through Matt. I'm working on that right now, but those projects I'm doing are keeping me busy, but I'm trying to devote some time to that uh, at least five hours a week. So, Soon come, soon come, soon come. And um, how, how can they get in contact with you if they would like to contact you? Okay, my um, email is bokashi, number four, letter U, at gmail.com, bokashi4u at gmail.com. That's open to, to you guys all the time. Feel free to send me a message. Um, and I can also get you on the mailing list when we're doing events keep you informed what we're doing out here on the island and uh, we'd be connected that way. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I know that there's people that want to visit, so this will be perfect. Woohoo! Thank you so much again. It is such an honor to be your friend and I, I wish, I wish I could just drive up and visit and hang out. We could go to Queen <laughs> we could go down to the river and, and find the fire agates again and all of it. Yeah. How about the dinosaur poo? You got you got the dinosaur poo around? I no, I don't. <laughs> That's, <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite thing. I, I kept way. singing with you guys. They got dinosaur poo. Again, you can find a dinosaur poo there. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Oh man. <laughs> I've never seen a place for that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love good, good. I look forward to to being there with you and Brian 
and all of our families again. It's my favorite place in the world to go. So <laughs> I can't wait for that day. Yes. <sighs> Thank you so much for being a voice of wisdom and, and peace and, 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 and care at this time of, of turmoil and confusion and, and a, lot of, a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. And this, this beautiful path that you're living is the path beyond all the conflict, all the uncertainty, all the turmoil. We all have to get our hands in the soil, get our hearts into the community soil and, and live differently. And I'm excited for that day. Thank you so much for being a leader and for guiding us there. You're welcome. Everybody have a good day. And we'll be in touch. Tell the family I said hi, okay, Matt? I will. Okay, goodbye, you guys. Everyone have a great day. Thank you so much. I don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs>